What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matyshevsky. I am pumped to bring you a wonderful compilation episode today to get you going. And this compilation is more so on more kind of the motivational side. Because I find, I don't know, at least for me, that you know, you can only be motivated for so long and I literally will go out of my way to find podcasts, speeches, whatever it is to kind of give me a little bit more fire to keep going. So these episodes that I put together um, best represent, at least for me, to get things moving in the right direction. So if you are in a slump right now, these four episodes are going to tie in together to give you that little extra bump in the right direction. So I'm really excited to bring this together. So here is the compilation episodes on motivation. Here we go. Like always, I'm going to try to keep my solo episodes super short. I want to get this under 10 minutes if possible. And the topic I want to talk about is something that most people in the weight loss and fitness community don't really talk about when it comes to successful weight loss, which is when you finally hit your goal, you know, whatever that may be, you know, if it's 10 pounds, 40 pounds, 60 pounds, 100 pounds, you're still going to have the same thoughts, the same, you know, soul, the same self-conscious mind you had when you had your overweight body you know on the outside you're going to be completely different but the way that your mind thinks the way that you feel the way that you take in things on an everyday basis is going to be exactly the same and there comes even more struggle to it you know the weight loss part is difficult but the most like in my opinion, because I've lived it, the most difficult portion is the stuff that happens after when you finally lose that weight. And this is why a lot of people, you know, fall in and out of weight loss because, you know, they've, say for example, they do a cleanse, they do whatever crazy ass diet they could think of, they see that initial weight loss, they get into, you know, that dress, those pairs of jeans, that swimsuit, whatever it is, and they're super skinny, super happy, but everything else about them are the same other than their physical appearance. And now the, you know, groundwork, the foundation has to be put in to be able to hold on to that new body that you just achieved. And everyone doesn't understand that fully. They're not emotionally ready to take that on. They just think like, oh, I'm going to lose weight, then it's going to just stay off and it's going to be like that. But the way you think, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you consume things, the way you interact with other people is going to be the same. And, you know, you're still going to have those thoughts of, I look too fat. I can't wear that. I can't eat that. I can't do that. There's so many I can'ts. I look, I feel just the same as when you were overweight, struggling, and depressed. You'll be still trapped in that body that you once had. And even for myself, you know, it's been a long time since I've lost my initial weight loss of 60 pounds, and I still have those tendencies. It's still there. You know, it doesn't happen every day because, like, I'm actively working on not thinking about oh my God, like my abs are not sticking out enough or oh my God, like I just ate food and I feel super bloated. That means I like gain like five pounds. Like those thoughts still come into play and it can really mess you up long term if you constantly listen to it and fall into it. So this is almost like a user's manual to your new body. Like this is the thing that You don't really see or hear a lot of fitness professionals spewing this information because a lot of fitness professionals that you follow have never done what you've done or 
um, never have experienced the struggle of weight loss. They might have been fit their entire life and they're just spewing out like, oh, yeah, I totally understand. But in this situation, in this kind of field of health and fitness, I almost feel like you need to be able to go through something like that to truly understand what that individual's going through. So if you're listening to this right now and you have gone through your journey of losing that weight, you've been trying to keep it off, and you know, you're know you a completely different person. I've seen this with clients and other people where they've literally lost 100 pounds. They look stunning, amazing. Like You're like, holy crap, I can't believe you changed this much. But in their head, they're still thinking the way that they were 100 pounds heavier. And you're like, come on. Like, you cannot tell me you don't see this in the mirror every single day. This is the stuff that people need to start talking more about. And going back to my earlier point about the coaches, like, if they've never experienced that, you know, they've always been that kind of type of person where they just look at a dumbbell and they gain 10 pounds of muscle or, you know, they can go eat a whole box of pizza and some beers and just hit the gym the next day and it doesn't even make a dent. You know, having that experience translates to a greater ability of empathy for that person. You know, if you are an individual who has lost their initial weight, they've been keeping it off and they still have those thoughts of the old you the old you that always said oh I look fat in this I can't fit in something like that I could never wear that I can't do this I can't look like that I can't blah 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 this is something that you're going to be fighting for the rest of your life I still deal with stuff like this you know maybe not on a daily basis but at least once a week at least once a month and, you know, once, at least once a year, one, one of those feelings, thoughts, like something I would say, some, some comment I hear about myself will take me down a deep hole. And sometimes I need to snap myself out of it because I'm like, holy crap, what am, I, what am I doing? You know? Like, here's a good example. Like, right now I went through a bulking phase because I want to experiment with a cutting diet like I did last year. And I really enjoyed um, cutting and following a strict plan. And I mentioned this on my show before. It was kind of counterproductive, and it doesn't really make sense. But for me, being restrictive with my diet helps me not to binge and do stupid shit like that. But that's a whole other podcast. Um, So... I am weighing in right now at 172, 173, so I've packed on a good 22, 23 pounds in my bulking phase, and, like, I'm not fat. Like, I just filled out, and I'm like, okay, now it's time that I'm going to go through a cutting phase and see if I can hold on to a couple pounds of lean muscle mass, and, um, you know, being bigger means that all of my clothes are fitting super tight. And physically, visually, if you look at me, you're like, oh, damn, you really filled out. You look great. But in my mind, when I'm feeling tight clothes, I'm like, fuck, did I gain just fat? And then from there it goes, I did just gain just fat. I'm going back to my old ways. And it really messes up with your you know, psyche and it just trickles. It's like a domino effect, and one negative thought follows another, and it keeps going and keeps going, and sometimes you can't get out of it. And all the people listening, you need to remember that whatever you perceive yourself in the mirror, and this is this is an interesting thing too. Like, If you look at the psychology of people looking at themselves in a mirror and comparing their body, even when they're going through a huge transformation of weight loss, Whatever you see in the mirror, your brain will adjust to how you look. So it looks like there's no change. That's why when someone goes through a ginormous or even like a 10-pound weight loss on the scales and they haven't seen somebody in three months and that person sees them, they're like, oh, my God, you look amazing. You lost so much weight. And you're like, oh, no, not really. Right? Your brain and 
how you perceive yourself adjusts. So you just think you look the same. So you, you need to remember that there's going to be even more, you know, hardship after that initial weight loss. There's always going to be that little voice in the back of your head saying that, you know, you're still the same person you were before the weight loss. And you need to, like, just shut that thing down before it consumes you completely, you know? And it's this is where having a support network does wonders for you. Like, I'm really, really fortunate to have a loving wife that will always remind me that, like, no, honey, you look amazing. You're phenomenal. You're not that old person. And, you know, if you can surround yourself with people that always remind you that you're not the old you and it's just in your head like that's going to go a long way for the rest of your life and I think that's going to be a good place to end it alright we are going to talk about the topic of perfection so this morning, my wife and I wake up in a daze, don't know what time it is because we love to sleep in on the weekends. And by the way, that is like literally probably the best things in our lives is like those days where you get to sleep in and you don't have to set an alarm. You don't even know what time it is and you don't have any responsibility. Well, you do, but you just, you just don't give a fuck and you just, <laughs> you just wake up when you wake up. But anyway... So my wife is in naturopathic medicine right now, and in one of her counseling classes, they were talking about this idea of, you know, a lot of people strive for perfection, but in reality, like, you don't actually have to get there. You just have to do your best to get the outcome you want, right? A lot of times when people go to med school or, you know, fitness and health, they think everything has to be perfect in order to see success, and a lot of times it's like you just have to put in, you know, 70 to 80 percent effort to yield the results you want. And the idea of, you know, having perfect days and perfect everything is kind of unrealistic. But for some reason, our brains, our minds, and we just get to this conclusion that it has to be perfect, you know. And the funny thing is, a lot of people who do diets or start their gym attempt again on January 1st, they're telling themselves, you know, every day I'm going to go to the gym. Every day I'm going to eat perfectly. Every day I'm going to make sure I get this much sleep and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they do it for a couple days and then they hit that first roadblock. They fail and they're like, fuck it. You know, it's all or nothing essentially. And I constantly remind clients, like, you're allowed to half-ass things you're allowed to quarter ass things because not every single day is going to be perfect like do you honestly believe like the best athletes in the world that get paid millions of dollars wake up every single day and go into every single training session and everything's perfect hell no right there's a lot to it so you know a lot of times it's you need to play it by ear day to day you know when you wake up and you're having a hard day or you're exhausted you're feeling a little run down, maybe sick, you have all the shit going on, stress, you know, ask yourself, how much can you put into this workout that you're about to do? How much can you put into clean eating that day? You know, sometimes you just have to put your expectations a little bit lower, right? And that's a lot better than just going, fuck it, I'm just going to let this day run its course. Because a lot of times you'll end up going out for lunch, you're going to end up Maybe drinking a whole bottle of wine because you're stressed out. Maybe you'll go quit the gym altogether, you know? Or you go, all right, today is going to be a shit show. I woke up with only four hours of sleep. My kids are yelling me in, in my ear. And somehow I'm supposed to eat clean and go to the gym today. So maybe your gym session that's usually an hour or hour and a half or however long you go to the gym for, maybe you cut it down to 30 minutes, 20 minutes. Fuck it, maybe you just come home from work, not go to the gym, and get a warm-up in at home. Or you come home and do some push-ups, some squats, 
whatever, jumping jacks, something, you know, rather than saying fuck it and screwing up the whole workout altogether, you know, rather than coming home, going to the liquor store, grabbing some alcohol because you're having a rough day and you want to cope with the stress, maybe you go, you know what, I'm going to go sit at a bar and just grab one drink, right? Like, there's small little compensations that you can do that will make a huge difference down the road. If you've been following my show for a while, you know that I always talk about the marathon game. You know, fitness and health is a lifestyle. It's a long game. It's not a sprint. It's not a short little thing. It's not six weeks, eight weeks, three months, eight months, 12 months. It's a full-ass lifestyle. So if you compare this in a year, say those days where you feel like like absolute shit, you don't want to do anything, you don't have the motivation, but you put 25% effort in, that's a lot better than zero. And I would also categorize that into like the negative percentages because say you end up binge eating and binge drinking on some of those days, you're kind of destroying your progress. I kind of look at the year as your bank account. And anytime you go work out, you have a clean meal, you have some good sleep, you manage your stress, you're adding savings to that bank account for those days that, you know, don't go perfectly. And now imagine those days that don't go perfectly, you end up, like I said earlier, binge eating, binge drinking, doing bad decisions, making mistakes, whatever it is, and now you're you know, taking the money out of your bank account and eventually it's going to run out. So rather than spending your money in your bank account, you can quarter it. You can literally put the smallest decimal point of a percentage in there. It all adds up to the long game. So like I said earlier, if you don't have the energy, you don't have the mental capacity to get a full workout in, just show up. Show up and see what happens. If you show up and you start walking on the treadmill and you're like for five minutes and you're like, you know what, this is it, we can't do it, fuck, that's better than going home, sitting on your ass and making some bad decisions on food, stress management, just overall. Like, overall your energy and your spiritual state, essentially. So I think the moral of this whole podcast is that don't strive for perfection because that's insane. You know... A lot of people tell me that they're impressed with how much stuff I'm putting out there, working on, doing, and they're like, I don't know how you do it. And maybe on the outside, it might look look, look like I have my shit together. But in reality, like, fuck, if you came to my house right now, there's fucking dishes everywhere. Like, laundry has not been done. My desk is a fucking mess. Like, there's a lot of shit that people don't see. Right. But I know like, you know, yeah, it could be better, but maybe I just clean a little bit here, a little bit there and slowly it'll build up and eventually my house will be clean. Right. So you're allowed to half acid, quarter acid or one sixteenth it. It's better than nothing. Don't strive for perfection. You're allowed to give yourself some leeway because it's better than nothing. So I'm going to leave it there because in 20 seconds it's going to be 10 minutes and I promise myself and you that I'm going to keep it to 10 minutes. All right. The topic I want to bring up is the power of showing up. And I say that super excited. I don't know why. I'm just like in a good mood today. I think it might have been the freaking, I don't know, eight shots of espresso I've had so far today. Um when it comes to the general population who are trying to make fitness a priority in their life because they've realized that they need to take their health under control, all you like this would be the secret. Like if I had to tell the entire world the one thing that's going to change your entire life when it comes to weight loss, health, or whatever the fuck you want to achieve in this life is to show up. That's all you have to do. I tell this to every single one of my clients because it is key. Think about it this way. 
say you started your fitness journey, you're busting along, you're super motivated, and then you hit that first roadblock of like, uh, I don't want to go to the gym today, I don't want to do this, I just, I'm too tired, you know what, I'm just going to skip the gym. Imagine if you just showed up and did what you could. Like, that is freaking clutch. I tell this to my clients all the time. No matter what your situation is, like if you had three hours of sleep, if your kid was up all night crying and throwing a tantrum and you couldn't get solid sleep and you're done work and you're just like, ugh, I don't want to go to the gym, just show up. Like I literally had some clients where they came in, they were rough as shit, and all I told them to do, I'm like, let's just get through the warm-up and see what happens. Sometimes that's all you need, just movement. There is a cap of how much stress we can throw onto our bodies or in. And if we don't do something to get rid of it, that stress keeps piling up, and that's going to prevent us from seeing the success that we want. You know, like, we wake up, and it's go, 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 nonstop. And then you get home, and if you have a family, there's more shit that you need to take care of. And then it repeats Monday to Friday, and then the weekend comes, and you're like, fuck, I haven't even gone to the gym. I haven't been eating healthy. What gives? Right? I think also I'm, like, totally going all over the place because I feel like I have this conversation all the time. Like, you don't understand. I've been in the industry for nine years, and I feel like I have this conversation all the time, and I always speak my truth to every single person, but it doesn't get through their head. I have this one person in mind right now where her doctor literally said, if you don't stop eating shit, because this person likes to go to fast food restaurants like three times a day, you'll have a heart attack. This individual has young kids. The oldest is eight years old. And she, I don't think she's kind of wrapped her head around how important this is. Because what is interesting to me is people getting to this point where a doctor is literally sitting you down saying that if you don't change, you will die. But at the same time, a lot of people get that information and they don't take it seriously. And this bugs the fuck out of me because even with the threat of your life being taken away, people don't take this shit seriously. This is, this is why I say exercise is just more than losing weight. It is a way to prolong the quality of your life. And I've had an experience, and I, I can't even remember, like I'm getting so like amped up for this shit right now. I literally had an experience, and I can't remember if I put uh, said this on my podcast before, but I literally have gone to a client's funeral because he did not change his eating. It was the most weird feeling and scenario I've ever been in my life because I'm chatting with all these people that showed up to support his wife and kids. He left two daughters on this earth that were, I think, 11 and 7 at the time. Like, it was so weird when I was introducing myself to the people at this funeral as the guy's coach. And they kind of looked at me like, whoa. And I felt partly responsible. But I always remembered the amount of conversations I've had with this particular client about, dude, you need to change your eating. Like, I don't know how much more we can take this on. And God rest his soul, he passed away with a heart attack in his sleep. And I can only imagine his wife, which was also my client, waking up to her husband's lifeless body like, fuck. That shit... Like, it breaks my heart when, and he had the same scenario where his doctor told him, like, if you don't change your eating, you will die. Even at that point, people can't wrap their heads around how important it is to make your health a priority. 
And going back to the other client that I've had this conversation with, she's still trying to make, like, detours around how to eat junk food. And I'm like, just focus on eating a lot of protein and veggies. That's all I want you to do. I don't even care how you do it. But... She also has a really high-stress job. Like, literally people who have those high-stress jobs and tend to eat out a lot are the ones that are so susceptible to this scenario where the heart goes, "Uh uh-uh, I can't take any more stress. And, you know, a lot of people listening who might be in that scenario might be like, fuck off, Raph. Like, you don't know my life, which is totally fair get it but at the same time like you gotta ask yourself what is it for like maybe you need to think bigger picture like I've literally spoken to clients and told them like you should probably quit your job if you want to see yourself living past 60 because I've met so many people in my life where when I start to get to know them as a client, as a patient or whatever, and they start telling me about their job that they've been at for 20 years and they absolutely hate it and they literally don't know why they're doing it anymore, maybe you need to make that change, you know? And I totally went on this tangent of, you know, making exercise more than just weight loss. And then from there, I got from, like, just showing up. But that literally can apply to anything. If you just show up every day and you try to focus on one thing, like any one thing that can improve your health, because we live in a world where our bodies are not designed to thrive in anymore. We sit on our ass all fucking day. We eat way too much because food is so accessible to us and we have things that make us stay at home longer things like Netflix and you know I'm not perfect like everyone thinks coaches are perfect like fuck yesterday I spent four hours with my wife watching the new season of OA because the shit was bananas okay by the way awesome show you gotta go see it and it's tough to pull yourself out of that rut like I can only imagine if people have been doing it for decades like that is really really tough but most recently I met this individual who's literally like a multi-millionaire entrepreneur at heart multiple million dollar businesses under the palm of his hand and right now is when he realized fuck I need to get my health in check so the really cool thing is he will make his entire day revolve around his health if he has an appointment at the gym or at the clinic he will restructure his entire day and he's the only entrepreneur that I've met slash trained that has done this and when you really think about it if you are the top dog in the empire that you've created, people are waiting on you. You have the power to do this. So why not tell a couple investors or your accountant that the meeting that was scheduled for tomorrow at 1 o'clock, it has to be moved because your doctor's appointment's at 1 o'clock so you can work around my schedule. Like, that's amazing that this individual is doing this, making his health a priority. Even if you're not top dog owning a company, you can still do that with your life. If you know that you work a 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and you need to get your health in check, make exercise one time a week, two times a week, whatever, a non-negotiable And I know it's easier said than done, but you just have to get into the habit of like, all right, Monday, 7 a.m., I'm off to the gym from 7 to 8. That's my time. You know, 8 to 8.30, shower, get ready, boom, I'm off to work. Like, that's all you need to focus on. 
Imagine if you did that for the rest of your life starting today. Like, that is huge. And for all the coaches listening, like, yeah, this might sound redundant to you, but listening it from another coach's perspective, being able to relay relay that message to your client is fucking huge. We need to have more conversations like this to get real. Like, when clients come up to me and they're like, brand new ones, and they're like, yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm like, fuck yeah, awesome. Why? Keep asking them why and get to the root cause and then try to channel that root cause into motivation for them to keep showing up every single day to improve their life so they can enjoy it. Our lives are meant to be enjoyed and not this hustle and bustle every single day and every single evening you're wondering, why the fuck am I doing this? Just show up. Boom! I'm going to end it there because I can keep going on this rant and I want to keep this short. So, lovely, lovely shit fit listeners, thank you for coming on this journey with me. Let's talk about capacity. So in a rehab setting, anytime I'm dealing with a person who's very, very frustrated with getting better, I'll always tell them, you know, it's a process and you need to know where your capacity is in the sense of how much activity can you do before your knee starts flaring up, your shoulder starts flaring up, your neck starts flaring up, right? So now that you're injured, say your left shoulder, it has less of a capacity than your right shoulder for everyday things that you do. And say you're a gym goer and you're working out, you know you have your injury, and no matter what you do in your workout, it always has sharp pain. So then I start educating the patient on, you know, what are you doing daily that might be taking, you know, your shoulder's life. You know, like if you're playing a video game where you have certain lives, three lives, for example, you know, what activities that you might be doing daily that's taking that away. One of the best analogies I've heard is from Stuart McGill about your piggy bank, right? And he's a huge, huge researcher genius when it comes to low back pain. And he would always bring up the analogy of a piggy bank, you know? The more things you do to make your back feel better, you're constantly adding a dollar to your piggy bank for movement allowance without pain. So if you're going to physio, to Cairo, getting a massage, doing your rehab exercises, hinging at the hips before you pick something up at home, you're constantly adding a dollar to your movement piggy bank. But then you decide to, I don't know, lift your kid up in a weird way. You take a piggy, out of your piggy bank, you take a dollar out. You decide to help your friend move Let's take $5 out of your piggy bank. And now you're getting into the negatives. Now you're wondering why the hell your back is so flared up. It's because you've hit your capacity for movement insurance, essentially. Right? So if you take that concept in a rehab setting, I tell people, whatever you do with that hurt left shoulder, it's taking a dollar out of that piggy bank. So you need to be really smart on what you can and can't do. You know, if you're already taking out overhead pressing or any exercise that bugs you, you're you're adding a dollar to that piggy bank. But the stuff that you do around the house has a huge, huge role in that. You know, and the moment I see this all the time, a patient starts feeling better. They automatically just go right back to where they were when it comes to activity-wise, and then the next day, their shoulder, their low back, their knee is as worse as it was day one because they keep hitting that capacity and going beyond it. If you go beyond it, that's where you fuck yourself over. So now let's take this analogy of your capacity into weight loss, right? If you decided at one point of this year, last year, the last 10 years to make weight loss a priority, you still have that capacity effect as well, right? Number one, are you making it a priority? 
and even your priorities has a capacity to it. Ideally, like I've said this a couple years ago about the four burner analogy, right? I'm all about analogies if you haven't noticed already. You can only put 100% in effort, time, passion, determination, all that kind of crap into four things at once. So now you need to prioritize four things on your burners, on your oven, to keep them going. So say your first burner is your family, your second burner is your career, your third burner is whatever, and your fourth burner is your weight loss goal. That's your capacity right there, four things. But what if you have six other things going on? Like, I always bring up this, say you're in the middle of selling your house, starting a new business, getting a new puppy, or deciding to go back to school, going to the other side of the world for a new job venture. Like, all those things add up. And you're way beyond your capacity, and now you're still in your head expecting that your weight loss goal of 10, 20, 30 pounds is still going to happen. But you're way beyond that capacity of four things that you can actually put your 100% effort in. And now you can use this analogy for so many different things in your life. Relationships, your work, your household chores, like... Is going back to school to do your master's while you have three children and you're a single mom, single dad, whatever, really a good idea? And then this goes full circle back to another episode I went solo on about self-awareness. Are you actually self-aware enough to know what your capacity is? Some people don't. And, like, an easy thing I get people to do is write down like every single responsibility that they have to do daily in order to live. And then start writing a list of things that you want to accomplish and do. And now look at those two lists and when people look at them, they're like, holy fuck, I have so many things that I'm trying to do at once. Right? It's like that other analogy, chasing two rabbits at the same time. You're never going to catch them. You got to zero in on one thing so I'm really happy how this episode kind of came together because this whole capacity thing is kind of the cherry on top of all these other things I've spoken about and for those listening I'm literally putting one hand up of like a pyramid essentially of capacity being the top and then all the other things underneath are the supporting pillars of this pyramid of success I'm going to call it Right? You have your self-awareness, you have that four-burner analogy, and other shit that probably has to be able to make that perfect-looking pyramid. But capacity is such an important thing to know. It also shows your limitations. So I think I'm going to end it there for you to mull this over, you know, to really think about it. Hopefully I just, like, trigger something in your brain where you're like, fuck, Raph, you are so right. I keep going past my capacity, right? And this will lead to burnout, too. You know, I've seen it so many times, not only in fitness and health, but in life, right? You're trying to juggle so many things way beyond your capacity, and then you're just at one point of your life where you're like, fuck, what am I doing this for? You have so much going on. So really hone in on what's really important to you and see if you can actually make all those goals in your life, whether it be weight loss, career, relationships, whatever it is, priority number one, two, three, or four. That's your capacity, four things that you can do really, really well. I am super excited about this show because I... I'm going to dig deep into my post I had the other day on my birthday. And I had a lot of traction on all the things that I brought up. And I just wanted to elaborate on each one because I feel like, you know, my podcast is more than just fitness and health. It kind of embodies the entire person. And 
I personally think like you can only go so far in life when it comes to like fitness and health because it has to change you as a complete person not just a number that you want to see on the scale so in order for you to actually be successful you have to grow as a human being as well but before we begin dive into that because I feel like today is going to be a long episode but who knows (laughs) Um, I got to do some shout outs to my cities my top top cities and I'm excited to announce these because I'll tell you in a second but my new number one I'm pretty sure I've never had this city. It's Orland Park in Illinois. Shout out to everyone in Orland Park listening to my show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Number two is Montreal, Canada. Shout out to everyone in Montreal listening to my show. That is super, super cool. And number three, which I'm really excited about because I was talking with this person over Facebook literally yesterday about this, that if ever... I get another shout-out to Australia in a city called Bentley East. I have to give a shout-out to my lovely, lovely friend, Ruby, that I've had on my show that is a powerhouse of a person. Shout-out to Ruby. You're appreciated. I love you. Um, So let's get into this thing. Um, So if you follow me on Facebook, and if you don't, Hit the show notes. My link's in there. Add me on Facebook because I love having my fans on my show. Um, I posted a birthday post. I do this. I think I started doing this three years ago where I kind of just reflect on my life and what I believe in, what I've learned. And, you know, they've been pretty successful shedding some insight. And I feel like, you know, as every year goes, I feel like I have more to give And this kind of falls into my first point. And don't worry, there's only eight. There's not 28 because that's how old I turned. And that background noise, by the way, is my washer, so I apologize. But this is raw and real, by the way. Raw and real. Um, So to give. So my number one of, you know, I kind of wrote down things that I think about, live by, and believe in. And number one is believing in love. Like what I wrote down was love is essential in my life to a point where it's my oxygen you know being able to love others is a gift it's precious and should be cherished and cared for you know like if you relate this to fitness and health so many people are into getting their goals achieved because deep down inside they don't actually love themselves you know the moment you can actually love yourself is a moment you can start appreciating what you have for a body, for what you have in life, and then that translates to other people. When you see like huge weight loss transformations online or in person that you've you know met through a friend, those people have gone through a transformation not only just on the scale, but the fact that they've learned how to love themselves and then that translates to all the people around them they kind of attract all those people because when people see that giant weight loss they want that but they don't know that they actually want to be able to love themselves because they think that's going to be the gate opener to self-love and when they see that they get attracted to that person who has gone through that transformation even if it's just 10 pounds 15 pounds right on the surface you're talking about weight loss stuff but really deep down inside it's love And when you're able to do that and then pass that on to another person, and I'm not talking about like, you know, being in love with that special person, just your friend, a person at work, being able to exude that love. So then when they feel down, you can, you know, make their day, make them feel appreciated, make them feel like they're valued is a huge, huge, huge benefit in your life and everyone else's life. Honestly, love can, like, be a whole episode, but I'm going to stop it there and just continue on. Um, My second one was the power of a hug. So I wrote down that, you know, I never really was a big hugger or felt comfortable with it. But this past year, a particular individual influenced me, passed on or taught me something that a hug is a really powerful thing. 
And, you know, sometimes in situations, words can't help when it comes to empathy. And sometimes one hug can make someone's day. Like, I remember way, way back in high school when I was having a terrible day. And, you know, funny enough, my wife, before we even started dating, she, like, just gave me a hug randomly. And I was having a really, really tough time in my life during that period of my life. And I think it was, like, grade 9 or 8, she just randomly gave me a hug. And I, like, just made my my life my day and most recently I've been like really opening up to other people and you know sometimes when they're just going through shit they're spilling out everything that's going on and you know sometimes you just can't say the right thing and a hug can go a long 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 way just like think about any time someone randomly hugged you and you really really needed it that took you over like it made you feel that connection that energy that someone cares about you like that is fucking huge and this kind of goes hand in hand with point number one of love like being able to pass on that energy of you know appreciation and impact that is huge so if you've never been a hugger I would challenge you on, you know, hugging someone when they're in pain or struggling or something, and you'd be surprised because it goes both ways. Even though you're giving the hug, you get a huge return on that investment. Number three, and I've said this a bunch of times, cut negative people out. So if you know me personally, I actually have a really, really small circle of friends, and it's on purpose because of this point. You know, I've dealt with a lot of people who are negative, that are dragging, opinionated, narcissistic, and, like, the fucking list can go on on this. But the moment I began to remove myself from those people, my life, like, changed drastically. It became fuller and more vibrant. I've dealt with so many people that I look back on and I'm like, I can't believe I wasted my time because I could have like grown so much quicker. I could have grown into this, the person who I am today, like in three years ago, like I'm always on a path of improving myself personally because I want to be a better person, right? And this again goes hand in hand with weight loss and fitness if you have friends and family that don't support what you're trying to do or they make fun of you like at a dinner and you're like they're like oh you're not gonna eat dessert or oh you're not gonna have a third plate and you know what I mean like sometimes you don't need those people in your life and sometimes it can get so negative that you start believing their negativity is normal like that's fucked up Like, you got to be who you are. If you want to achieve huge goals, you have to separate yourself from the rest that are the ones that are negative, right? I always say, like, if you want that 1% life that everyone's striving for but doesn't put in the work, like, how the hell are you going to get there? You got to do something different from all the people around you to separate yourself. So start cutting negative people out of your life. It's going to make a huge, huge difference. Even if it's like one person, like you don't have to like separate yourself completely, but maybe don't see him that often. You know, I remember like meeting up with old friends and at one point having like beers with them. I'm like, I just realized why I stopped hanging out with you guys. I didn't say this out loud, but I, like, it realized. And I'm like, why am I wasting my time? Like, yeah, it's nice to catch up, but, like, it doesn't give you any fulfillment. Like, I'm always looking to improve myself and others. So sometimes that's, you got to cut the ties. So number four, being yourself. God, this goes hand in hand with the point I just made. Like, the moment you get rid of those negative people, the judgment of what they had against you, of who you actually are, disappears, and you can finally live and breathe the way you're supposed to. I was personally trapped in that. 
I remember being surrounded by individuals that didn't let me be who I was. And any time that I took this out, they would make fun of me. And at that point, I didn't even realize it, so I kind of just bottled that up. And now I'm at a place where I could give a fuck about what people think of me. I will just go out there. I'm more open. I show my personality. And when I do, people love it. They love me for me. And I look back again. I'm like, why didn't I cut those negative people out of my life? Where, you know, just being able to feel safe. Now imagine your goal of whatever health and fitness thing is. If you had such a supportive environment, fuck, like that, it's endless of what you could achieve. Like that is huge. Think about that. Think about you waking up, going to work with people that are so supportive of you that you said like, hey, you know, I signed up for a triathlon and everyone's like, oh my God, that is fucking awesome. Like, that's so cool. When is it? I'm going to be there. I'm going to like bring a sign. Like you're going to have a higher chance of succeeding, right? Like trying new things, knowing that people have your back, like that is fucking powerful. God, (laughs) be yourself. Don't care about all those negative people that are going to judge you because there's going to be a group of people that are your tribe that are true to who you are. And now this goes to number five. Don't give a shit of what other people think of you. If you want to try something, wear something, do something, fucking do it. If your initial thought is like, oh, what if people think, fuck that. You are you. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Don't let others people, other people's opinion dictate what you want to do, achieve, succeed in what you want. Like, that is huge. Uh, okay, I'm going to move on. Number six, self-awareness. Like, again, this goes with number five. When it comes to doing what you want to do, you also need the right amount of self-awareness to know you know, if whatever you're about to do or say will affect others negatively. So this goes, you know, full circle. Sometimes people who have that attitude like, oh, I don't give a fuck what people think of me, whatever, I'm going to do whatever I want. Sometimes those people are like the biggest assholes ever. You know, I'm talking from a standpoint of like, you know, there's a new style of dress or pants you've always wanted to try, but you never tried because the people that you surround yourself with would always make fun of you, even though you really like it. Or, you know, you have to impress your friends with money. So you, like, try to live up to this facade of being wealthy and doing shit that you actually don't actually like or buying shit to impress other people that you don't even fucking care about. Like, being self-aware is huge, both in life and fitness and health. If you're self-aware enough to know that all you can afford to do for exercise is one day a week, and you want to lose, you know, 80 pounds in a year, probably not going to happen. But you know that, you know, at least I'm doing one day a week. I'm going to see some health benefits. I'm not going to hit that 80 pounds, but maybe I'm going to hit that in three years, right? Self-awareness is huge, both in fitness and health and in life. Number seven. Hustle hard. I can't stress this one enough. Again, if you know me well, I don't stop working. I work way beyond that cushy 40-hour work week like most people do, but it's because I enjoy what I do. I put my soul into my work. Like, I want to one day have that 1% life that the 40-hour work week people bitch and complain about that they don't have. You know, I shut myself off and I just flow into the task at hand. I don't waste time scrolling through Facebook. You know, sure, when I wake up and I need to open up my eyes because it's early, sure, I'm like scrolling through for the blue light, but that's about it. You know, I don't watch endless episodes of TV series. Like maybe I'll watch TV series when I'm eating lunch or something to kind of shut my mind off. You know, I put in the work. 
and the rewards do come, but they come slowly. You know, this number seven kind of embodies self-awareness too. Like if you're self-aware enough to know that, hey, if I do my nine to five job every single day, I'm not going to get anywhere and you have to put in extra effort to see where you want to go, that's huge, right? Most people that have, you know, big lofty goals, they know they need to put in the work. Like, I want to build an empire on fitness to be able to reach more people. But I know it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to come slowly. You know, I've been doing this podcast, fuck, am I coming up to three years now? I think so. I think I'll be coming up to three years, two years. Fuck, I don't even remember. That's how long it's been. And I've been nonstop, week in, week out. I've been interviewing people every single week. I've been doing solo episodes every single week. Sure, I may maybe missed one or two because of X, Y, and Z, but I don't stop. And a lot of people that are trying to build a business online, they don't see the reward right away and they get frustrated and they quit. But who knows, maybe if you did another week, another month, another three months, that would have been your tipping point. It's just like fitness and health. Right? you got to play the long game. This is where hustling hard comes into play. If you were really fucking dedicated to improving your health and you're like, oh, I don't have time, blah, 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 fucking wake up early. Yeah, I know it sucks, but those are the people that you see having huge success stories. It's the people that make it a priority. It's the people that say, you know what, I can't do this thing because it's going to conflict with my gym schedule. Like, make it a priority. Put in that extra effort. Good things don't happen to people that are mediocre. It's the people that are destined for greatness. And greatness can be a small little fraction, right? Like, you waking up two days a week early to get in two more workouts. That's not that big. Yeah, that was, that was my dog, Misty. She agrees. <laughs> like, imagine if you just woke up 15 minutes earlier... Dude, fucking do jumping jacks, jump squats, push-ups, three sets of ten. Boom, done. That's something you didn't do ever in your life, and that shit will add up. Maybe not as fast as you want. Two years down the road, you're going to be a completely different person if you did that along with your other gym stuff or, you know, getting a food service or actually meal prepping. Like, all the little things add up. But you got to put in the work to actually see the benefit. Things don't just happen to you. You gotta make, you know, action to get a reaction. Like, fuck, just put in the work and you're gonna see the benefit. Number eight. Oh man, I did two more. I have actually ten, I lied, not eight. <laughs> Patience. So, my biggest pet peeve that I have when I meet people is I fucking hate when people call me a millennial. I am not lazy, impatient, or have unrealistic expectations. My entire life is built on patience, and it's never failed me. Knowing that I'm working the way I am will get to my long list of goals in three years, seven years, 15 years, and that does not make me lose faith. It becomes my driving force and passion to keep going. So like my example earlier with my podcast, doing it every single week, I'm not going to ever stop my podcast. Imagine how my podcast is going to be in seven years from now when I'm still doing those solo episodes, still interviewing other people. Think about how much traction I'm going to get. And then when I start thinking of the future, like seven years from now on my podcast, I'm like, holy fuck, that's so many more people that I've reached and helped and maybe inspired. And I always go back to my humble roots where I'm like, I always say this to my head. If I can inspire or help one person, from like say the last 20 episodes I made an impact that's fulfilling this makes me keep going patience is huge if you have your patience intact you will see success no one's ever made a million dollars in three months unless they were super super lucky and won something no one's transformed their life in three months and kept it long term no one's you know built an empire or anything short of years of dedication 
And then you appreciate it more when it takes longer. And then you can always think back of when you first started. Think about when you first started anything. And now that you look where you are now, that's a huge, huge change. Man, I'm going off the rails on this one. Next one. Empathy. This past year, for the first time, I started working with patients in a clinic. And honestly, it's changed my life. For the longest time, I only dealt with the general population where I would train them. And their only struggle was weight loss. Like, they have a really, really hard time. Now, working with patients is a general population that has an injury on top of that. And they've been struggling with for years sometimes. And that's preventing them from even exercising to lose weight finally. People already have trouble with nutrition, but now take out that exercise piece because you have an injury. You know, like, having empathy is vital to understand each other. And I can't stress this enough. Like, learning to be empathetic to another person is a huge, huge, huge thing to have. As a coach, it took years to develop it to really understand what people are going through. I remember, you know, working with clients and it was just like frustrating that they weren't seeing success or anything and I would just get frustrated. But now I'm like thinking, okay, what's going on in their life? What's maybe the biggest barriers? Where can I meet them halfway? What are some realistic goals I can tell them? You know, when people are going through shit, I got to like bring them back down to reality where I'm like, hey, you know, this is happening in your life, this is happening in your life, and this is happening in your life. Your goal of losing 60 pounds is probably not going to happen during this stressful time. But I want to know, let you know that if you keep going on the rate you are, your stress levels are going to go down to help you cope with whatever you're going through. You're going to be able to sleep still. You're going to be able to still enjoy life. And hey, if we lose a couple pounds, that's a bonus. The moment we get out of this stressful time in your life, it's going to be like all hands on deck and we're going to shoot to the stars to hit your goals. And now people start feeling better. They're like, holy fuck, this RAF guy kind of knows what's going on. I don't feel pressured. I don't feel like I need to do everything. And I'm finally kind of dealing with my stress. Look at the biggest, bigger picture. It's huge. All right. Number 10, selfless love. I think about this a lot. Giving love to others without expecting anything back is such a powerful thing. I always look for opportunities to give love to the world regularly. Love, again, is a powerful thing. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, I know sometimes when I talk about love, people can associate that like I'm a hippie from the 70s. But again, I always think about this. I was born in the wrong generation. But this shit matters. And it can make or break someone else's life. And again, this this is not about loving your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. It's the love that, you know, connects all of us. And this goes back to my point number one. If you can't love yourself, you can't love others. If you really, truly want to lose weight, gain strength, you got to love yourself deep down inside to understand that it's not going to come fast. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you're true to yourself, love yourself, you're going to hit all those goals. But it always starts deep down inside of you. And I think that's a good place to end it. God, this was a fucking good episode. I got to do more birthday posts and just keep them coming. But hopefully that kind of opened your mind, maybe inspired you a little bit. Maybe you're going to share this with somebody. Who knows? I'm just happy to let the world know. Like, this, this was huge. Now that I'm kind of getting back to reality from my trip, I got a little update for my book that... Honestly, it has been such a giant stress in my life. I feel like I've let down a lot of people that, you know, signed up on the pre-sale list. A lot of people looking forward to it. But I have some amazing people that are trying to help me. And I want to be taking care of it tomorrow. And honestly, if it doesn't work through the ClickBank thing that I'm trying to do to get affiliates to push my book out there to reach more people... 
then I'm going to take it into my own hands and just self-release. Hopefully it makes a huge impact on a lot of people that a lot of people will share it. So worst case scenario, if you're a listener and you have me on Facebook and the moment I post the purchase link, like if you just share, this is what I'm going to do. If worst case scenario, if I can't go through ClickBank and I self-release it, if you are a listener and you have me on Facebook and you share my book, I will send you personally a free copy. That's how dedicated I am on reaching as many people as possible because I've said this over and over and over again. That's my main goal since I got into this industry since day one. So if it you know, requires me to give you a free copy, fuck it. Let's make this thing viral. Let's inspire others. Let's really hone in on helping others. That's it for this episode. Man, I am such a good mood after talking about this. This is crazy, guys. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to me ramble. I love you guys. Have an amazing day. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. And hopefully you're as fired up as I am right now and have the push to keep on going, keep being consistent, keep you know, waking up every day and showing up, doing the best you can do, whether it's moving your body for 10 minutes, getting an extra healthy meal in, getting an extra 15 minutes of sleep, they all add up to get to your goal. So keep crushing it. Thank you for listening. You guys are amazing. I'm going to end it there for real this time because I feel like you've probably heard me say that at least four or five times throughout this episode. But um Some big news, my book is almost done. The thing that's taking me a long time is figuring out how to put it into print without it being ridiculously expensive. So I may release the ebook first and figure out how the hell I'm gonna make this into a print copy, but everything is done. I am just working out the back end stuff, so stay tuned for the announcement on the release date. But what you can do right now is hit the show notes And obviously, add me on Facebook and Instagram, but I have a link in there that allows you to put yourself on the pre-sale list. It's not to some newsletter. You're not going to get emails from me. You're going to get one email from me the moment my book is live and ready to purchase, and you're going to get that link before anyone. I'm not going to post it on social media. I'm not going to do anything about it, but the people that put their names down on this Google form are going to get my book before anyone because you guys have been supporting me from day one, yesterday, two years ago, whenever you started listening to this podcast. So you deserve my work before anyone else. So do that right now. Stop listening. That's it for me. Until next week, you guys.